So a lot of people, is they just think of PPC in a bubble, and they say, oh, if my ACOS is good, my whole account is good, and it's growing. And so many people forget that the whole point of PPC is to increase your organic ranking. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. I'm Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance, and today we've got another awesome guest interview lined up. So overall, I want to welcome Lucas Kwiatkowski to the podcast. And Lucas, maybe can you give us a background on your experience and kind of how you got involved with the Amazon ecosystem? Yeah, sure, Joe. So thanks for, thanks for having me on. And so I have been in Amazon consulting for about almost eight years now and started working in a warehouse packing boxes and then slowly saw that we were doing some management and all anyone kept asking about was PPC. So I've been managing PPC for, for years and years now. You started back in the good old days when it was a lot simpler. But what also how I'm different is, I mean, I am very, very hands-on. So. I've got a lot of brands that I manage, but I am much bigger into the more kind of testing, advanced strategies. And a couple years ago, I started a YouTube channel with very transparent, advanced strategies, kind of sharing it with the Amazon ecosystem to let everyone know that, you know, there's there's more stuff you can do with PPC and just, just trying to teach people how to get a better a better return on their ads. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think we kind of got going around the same time frame. And personally, I started as a seller and then was optimizing my own ads and then really started digging into the advertising side, like really started investing in that quite a bit in like 2017 time frame. And yeah, you know, over the period that we've been in this, it's crazy how much Amazon advertising has changed and how much more complex it's become too, which is which is fun for people like us who get to like to get in the weeds. So, I mean, I still yeah. don't, I don't sell myself at all. And that's people are like, why don't you sell them? Like, cause you know, I mean, I, I put so much time into my, into my clients brands and I get a kind of get to learn from them. And that's takes up plenty of my time and it's kind of easier that way. Just to, you know, starting a brand from scratch, it's easier to pick up on one that's already doing well. For sure. For sure. It's kind of the same thing here too. It's like as while I'm still a seller, I have somebody else managing that. And that just kind of ends up being a sandbox for us to test out new strategies, which is fun. Yep. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, We're kind of sitting at the same spot. So one topic that I definitely wanted to talk to you about since I've seen you post in different videos on it too, the tacos metric, how that differs from ACOS and how you can help use that to set overall goals. Cause I continually see a lot of confusion there. So maybe you help educate everybody on the podcast on tacos itself and kind of how that fits into the bigger picture. Yeah. So tacos is everyone knows what ACOS is average cost of sale just with ad spend. It's spend ad spend over ad sales. But every conversation I'm having now is trying to get people to look at tacos, which is total ACOS. So that's spend over total sales. So a lot of people is they just think of PPC in a bubble and they say, oh, if my ACOS is good, my whole account is good and it's growing. And so many people forget that the whole point of PPC is to increase your organic ranking. That's the whole point. So if I'm ever doing any sort of reporting now is I'm always bringing people back to their tacos. And what this is showing us is if we're spending more on an ad, we want to make sure that organically we're getting more sales to get a, a, a return on that. As far as tacos numbers, it's been spiking a lot lately. Probably the best way to think about it is when you're launching a product. 
when you're launching your product, tacos is going to be way higher because you need to put a lot of spend into that. But what should happen over time is your tacos should start to drop as your listing gains momentum. So everyone has yeah. different numbers here, and it's, I mean, knowing your numbers is obviously the biggest thing, but it's just, it's just, I can't drive it home enough is, you know, people, they gotta stop looking at ACOS and look at your total numbers and really bring it back so you can look at the, at the numbers as a whole. And, and so, you know, a key thing that Lucas is going through too is that Tacos gives us an account level view on kind of how your advertising ties in versus ACOS itself or ROAS inverse yeah. of ACOS, which is just specific to your advertised sales. And so Tacos is really kind of like this more budgeting metric on per overall revenue you have coming in, per overall sales you have coming in from Amazon. This is the amount that's allocated or being spent on advertising. So it does help you over time to see different trends in organic sales or is advertising really driving your sales overall? Um, over time, as you grow organic ranking, your taco should decrease. So a common question that I get is, well, what tacos target should I be shooting for? What's a good benchmark? So how do you respond to that? Yeah, so I say it's never one size fits all, as is with anything on Amazon. And I mean, especially looking at category. So I think the best way to break that down is single purchase products versus repeat purchase products. So I'm talking about there is like supplements and shampoos or something, you know, people that a product that people continually buy those products generally have, you want to go for a much higher tacos because you need to start thinking about buying the customer, right? So you very, the, the first time someone buys your supplement tacos is going to be extremely high because it's so competitive, but they'll continually repeat purchase your product. So, I mean, tacos numbers for them, for some of those people right now, I'm seeing as high as 30%. And that's extremely aggressive. We're trying to get new customers and build our audiences. A lot of other people, they have one-time one -time products like a coffee maker or something like that. That We like to say tacos around 10% is extremely profitable and people are usually happy with that number. Yeah, that, that makes sense and definitely lines up with what we see too. So like, and, and these are very general benchmarks and like Lucas right. is saying, so one totally depends on the life cycle of your product. So if it's new product launches, Tacos is going to be much higher because you're using advertising to drive those initial sales, drive that initial traffic, build up those reviews, build up that ranking. And then over time, your organic sales go up, Tacos goes down. In general, what we see is for very aggressive competitive categories, you know, advertising uh, tacos in the 20 to 30% is definitely reasonable. It's a more aggressive strategy. Anywhere from 10 to 15% for kind of those less competitive, like more established brands. And then we also have very established brands who are in the sub 10%. And we're just using advertising kind of as a supplement and for like brand protection and everything too. So that's personally what we see and sounds like we're, we're lining up overall for general benchmarks there. Yeah, and I think one thing going one step further on that with tacos is you need to you obviously need to look at it on a on a per ASIN level. Yeah. So, and one of the I mean the easiest things to forget about is with variation listings is tacos can really tell you a, a big story. So, say you have a variation listing with 10 different colors and you're spending on all of them. If you look at the tacos for each color, you might be able to stop ads for half of them. And, or even just, just drive spend to the, to the best-selling color. 
So that's also something I try to get people to look at is, you know, Pull Taco is for your, your big parent listings that have all these variations because you're probably going to find some wasted ad spend there on a lot of your slowing, slower moving ASINs. So what do you say to you? So another common question I get, my tacos say I'm coming in, I'm, I'm talking to you and my tacos is 25% right now. And I say, all right, Lucas, next couple of weeks, I want you to drive that down to 10%. How do you respond to requests like that? Yeah, I, so, you know, sometimes you just have to say, you have to say yes, but I try to just get the people to always focus on growth. So a lot of people, and I, it's funny, I just made a video about this the other day, is sometimes is, and as we all know, is with, as Amazon is getting more competitive, sometimes you can't bring down the cost per click or the, or the ACOS. So you need to kind of pick and choose your battles so what I would tell that someone is if they want to cut their tacos in half is I was like, okay, well, your sales are probably going to be lower, but we can focus on sure. profitability. Yep. So it's yep. just and kinda... I think that's probably, yeah. And that's the key thing is like tacos is definitely a longer term metric you want to take into account and look at the trends for. And so what Lucas or I could do tomorrow is we could take your tacos down to zero. We just yep. have to shut off ads. You're <laughs> yep. not spending anymore. Yep. But you know, just taking that extreme example, that obviously doesn't make sense. Like we want to look at the overall advertising that we're seeing on an ACOS level. Say your ads are performing really well and they're profitable. And even though if we do have a high tacos, well, that says that you know, let's keep running the ads because we're still making profit on an ACOS level on the actual advertised clicks. Over time, those should help drive organic rankings and naturally our tacos should decrease over time. So it, it's another big thing to keep in mind that when you ask for your tacos levels to be changed, as advertisers, we can definitely change that and control that on the spot. But the key thing is to also take into account these other outside factors like how well are my ads performing just on the advertise side. So we still want to look at performance metrics too, because like the other case is, so Lucas, you could be running ads and say I'm making $1,000 a day in total sales and I'm spending $100, but I'm not getting any conversion from those ads. Like, kind of walk us through that situation too and how you're still taking into account like other performance metrics too. Yeah, so I always, I feel like a lot of times PPC has, has almost two different sections of it running. There's your established campaigns on your good sellers, on your good keywords, stuff that you know convert, right? It's like the basic manual campaigns everyone has running on our keywords. We, we keep those running. But all of this, this tacos fluctuation and when numbers go up and down, that's what, like, what me and you do is we come in here and we're creating new ads with sponsored display, with all of these new audience retargeting, all of this new stuff we're testing. And that's when the spend fluctuates so much. But if we don't test this stuff, we're never gonna grow. So sure, I always try sure. to tell people, and what I always, what also gets people's attention is I say, if we don't do this, and if we don't try this new spend, a competitor is going to surpass you. So that's also tricky when someone says, hey, I wanna cut my spend in half or cut my tacos in half. I'm like, be careful, because you can, someone else can just blow by you if they're gonna be doing all this new ad spend. For sure. Yep. And, and as we all know, Amazon is continually getting more and more competitive, yeah. <laughs> not less competitive. Yeah. And so how I typically summarize it, and I want your take on this too. So tacos is a great longer term metric. And if we're doing all the right things with the account over time, that should go down because organic rankings are going up and we're getting more 
sales organically, which leads to higher overall profits. However, it is not a measurement for how effective your ads are performing today. And so that's where you really need to take into account other metrics like ACOS, like the initial sales that I'm getting, say, for new product launches. So you always have to take a combination of those two is how we approach it. How do you typically explain it? Yeah, so I think you you did you did hit it on the head there is where you also you always need to look at past data. So a lot of times too, people are looking just by month. They're like, oh, well, this one month was very bad. We want to pull the last 12 months and show a progression of total sales and tacos and spend and show how we are progressing with both new and old products. Because if you're just looking at, and I know I'm sure you get this too from some people, they're like, hey, we had a bad day yesterday. That is my yeah. least favorite thing to hear. But you, <laughs> you just gotta look at a, a big enough time period to actually get a good progression and see that trend line going up. Yep. Yep, definitely agree. So key goal with advertising should be really to establish ourselves on the Amazon, hopefully through organic rankings, and have your advertising support that sales growth and establishment of your brand so you can increase your overall profitability over time. That's the key goal. Just be wary if like you're looking at trying, if you look at your tacos right now and you're not at that 10 to 15% general benchmark that I just threw out there. Don't try to change it overnight. Uh, you know, there's a number of factors that go into that that help to try to get the tacos down over time. Great budgeting factor in the short term. We also want to take into account many other factors like our performance-based metrics. And I think a good, actually, a question I would have for you that goes in line with this is, and people might be thinking it is, so then what happens once you're ranking organically at the very top of the page and then you have your ad at the very top of the page too. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so, I, and what I usually say is people are like, well, I'm ranking organically, so shouldn't I remove my ad? And I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. Before, some people, I used to be like, yeah, you can, you know, you can take that ad off. But now, if you have that top ad spot and that top organic spot, you definitely want to keep those running. Because it's the thing, yeah. if, you, if you lose it, someone else is going to shoot up there and, and grab your spot. Yeah, it, it, I, I love the question and I laugh when you say it too because it, it's tough to frame up the exact impact both on the short. Shorter term is easier, longer term is much harder. And I think what you're intuitively getting at, and I completely agree, is that you had to work really hard to earn that top organic spot and then also to achieve the top placement with your ads. Yeah. So there's relevancy that's factored into that too. So if you're the top organic ranking, you're probably converting better than your competitors, which means you're paying less on a cost per click basis too. So you're actually earning that premier spot at a lower cost per click than those who are trying to dethrone you. And so my take on it is, while you could increase short-term profitability by cutting your ads at that spot, now you're giving your competition a way to try to dethrone you in that top organic ranking. And then, you know, the, the other piece that I'm seeing, and I, you know, I'm sure you're seeing it too, is that there's more and more ad spaces at the top of search results. Like oh, yeah. they're packing it in more. So it's becoming more of a pay to play where organic rankings are getting pushed further and further down the page too. So owning those, those top ad spots, like, yep, completely agree. If you cut out the advertising, Day one, you're going to make more profit, but longer term, 
do you slip in the rankings and overall hurt your position? I, I don't know. That's kind of yeah, my take. And I've, and I've seen it happen. So what it's, I've, I've learned that the hard way is so we like, say if you have that ad spot and you take it down, let's say you were paying $3 cost per click at the top of the page, you remove that ad. And then if you want to get back up there, your cost per click is going to go up again. Cause like you got it, like you said, you got to regain that spot and you work so hard to get it. So if you have that, that ad spot, just appreciate that it's there. And maybe lower your budget if you want to, but keep it because those those top spots are so hard to get. And you know, an interesting case study too. Previously on the podcast, we had we had Stephen Pope, who is my Amazon guy, yeah. on, and he had one of his products actually get banned on the advertising side, and I, he was one of the top ranked organically ranked products. And then as he lost advertising, all of a sudden he started started really drop. So that was that was kind of a cool case study. So that's actually weird. I was on Stephen's podcast. Well, that yeah. happened. He was, <laughs> he was going through, and he like I told him to type something on Amazon, and he found that happen out live. He's like, "Oh my God, my my listing is gone." Yeah. So I, yeah. but I think that's almost another good thing too to remind people is you know type go into Amazon and type in your top keyword, see what yeah. people are looking at. I so I know this week, video ads have been at the very top of page. I don't know if you've seen that on the mobile seen app. Seen that, yeah. And it's yep. happening way, way, way more. So I'm seeing all of my all of my video campaigns right now are crushing it because they're showing up at the very top. And once, and, I mean, you know, we all know video ads do better. So always make sure to go on Amazon and see what customers are, are looking at. For sure. Yeah, and that, that kind of ties into another piece too that I wanted to cover with you. So we've got multiple different spectrums in how you optimize ads. So we have the fully automated AI-based solutions. We've got the fully manual solutions where everybody's just strictly working in the ad console itself. And then we've definitely got middle ground. So where do you typically fall and what have you seen perform the best overall? Yeah, so I'm I do a little bit of everything. So the Mostly what we do is we, like I said, we are very manual, but then have all of our kind of workbooks built out with Excel. So we have our own rule sets where it's, it's not a, an automated algorithm, but if we want to change bids by a certain percent based on ACOS, we just have a rule set and we upload it manually. But I can't help but talk about software because what I'm seeing people's biggest mistake lately is they will get an, a fully automated software like Celix or Cortile and, and that's it, and then they'll step away. And they will trust that this rule set is working. So with these rule sets, they don't take a lot of stuff into effect. They don't, they don't manage all types of ads. So all I tell people, because I, I do have some people where I look at their software and hands-on at least come up with rule sets. So at least have some sort of human touch. If you're fully automated, make sure someone is looking at it just so you know what's going on. I think that's the most important thing there. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, one of the biggest pieces with Amazon advertising as a whole too is just, what's your strategy and your key goals that you're trying to achieve? Because the software can steer you in a certain direction, but unless you know that that's actually the right direction to go to, I see like mistakes, like kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where people are so focused on ACOS and then they'll go into some of this automated software and then say, all right, my ACOS is currently 40%. I want a 5% target. The software then crashes bids, sales drop, rankings drop. And that's obviously not, you know, the key goal on what what we're trying to achieve. So yeah, Lucas, we're, we're fully, we're fully tied into it. There's, there's an art and a science with advertising. 
Like personally, we have a development team. We do use machine learning in very specific cases, like saying that Mondays are gonna convert better than Saturdays on a typical pattern-based timeframe. So let's boost up the bids a bit on Monday and not on Saturday. But I think the key thing is really, really looking at software with intent on what should be automated versus not. And that's where we have the team to back that up, which is why we do our own software. So, I mean, t- tell me kind of about like the tools that you use. Where do you typically use like spreadsheets and everything versus like a pure manual approach? Yeah, so it's exactly the, the right way to do it. Like you said, I think software is better going for those more legacy campaigns, the ones where you know their keywords that you want working and it's just kind of bid management up and down. But then where the manual comes in and what, what we do is that it's a new sponsor display. That like if you wanna, you know, if you wanna rank for a new keyword, you set up a new campaign and you give that a different ACOS target. So it's kind of knowing that it's the, in the PPC research phase, you need much more manual because your targets are different. If it's just all if it's just all automated, like you said, you're going to get a good ACOS, but you're not going to grow. Sure. And that's what that, I've been seeing. And without naming too many names, is, is people coming to me after going to these big software companies. You know, just they only do software, and they're like, I'm happy with them, but nothing has really changed in the past year because they're just on autopilot and they're not focusing on new growth. So that's what we see is when we're manually setting up new headlines, all of this stuff is you're much more involved, but then right, once it gets at a good level, you can have it a little more just with rule sets and Excel sheets and just uploading bid changes and stuff like that. Sure, yep, and I love the approach too, like new product launches where you don't have that previous data, you're not lined out and everything much, much more manual um, than that established legacy product that has performed solidly for the last five years. (laughs) Yeah, so so and when we talk about like, you know, different product launches and building larger brands and everything too. Like one, one piece that I wanted to cover is for those sellers who are looking to sell their brands. Like we work with different sellers who we've helped scale them and then they get to sell their brands and it's it's super fulfilling. Like I wanted your take on that too. And from like the advertising side, what, what are some key things that people should be looking at if they're trying to prepare their brands for a sale? Yeah, it's amazing. So this is something I've really been trying to dive deeper in is get involved in these brands that are looking to sell. Because from an ad perspective, it's way more fun for us because these guys are only focused on growth, right? They want to come in, they want to go fast and hard, and then they want to flip it and sell it. So, I mean, the biggest thing with when you're selling a brand is, I mean, you need to have a big enough catalog because what people think is that you need to have you know multiple products that are, do, that are doing well and kind of a, a future for the brand where you can continually add products and, and grow it. And then with that, as far from as far as a from an ad perspective on these brands that are looking to sell, these are the guys that have tacos way higher. Because normally what we can do is if, if you start selling an Amazon, it might take you six months to get to a healthy number. These guys want to get there in one month, right? They want to get there in two months. So they say, just just go as, as hard as you can, and then we'll kind of go from there. And sure, it's, yeah, so it's been interesting to work with some of these brands and very exciting to, to help them sell, because then it makes you feel like, you know, you've, you've really kind of proven something and you can, it's, it's just really great for everyone involved. Yeah. And one, one other thing that we've seen too, working with sellers kind of on the other side before it gets to some of the acquiring firms is one, 
having the support available on like the advertising side is huge too. So and we're going to be biased because we manage PPC campaigns. But in general, when somebody's looking at the valuation of a company or brand to buy, they also want to know how much time and how involved the owners are for that brand. Um, so having a very solid system or team set up so you can reduce that time for the acquirer so they can have a smooth transition. Like some of these bigger people who purchase lots of brands, they have different agencies that they work with directly. Like we do that with some of these bigger companies who are purchasing lots of brands like you do too, Lucas. But just having that support there too, it helps to, it could increase your value, not just from the financial standpoint, but just showing that you have a solid team and system and processes set up too. Yeah, and that's exactly what I've seen because I've been, and I'm sure you know this too, when brands are sold, we, we get to be on both ends of it, right? We get to work with the, with the current owner and then the new owner as well because they don't, they don't want to lose any momentum. So that's all coming back to, right, like having someone on your team that knows the ads so well, you're, you're going to know the, the ads better than the new owner does, right? Because you've been working on it for multiple years. So it's fun to kind of see that transition. And even when a brand does get sold, we can stay on with them and, and then continue to grow them with the new owner. Yep, it's that consistency in the transfer, which is very big for those who are acquiring the products too, because you know they're basing their valuations, what they purchase based off of historical results and where they think they can take the brand. So anything that you can establish to help make that a smooth transition and to help decrease risk, like Lucas, he hit another great point when you were talking about multiple products and a solid brand you can grow you just decrease risk for the acquirer because now they're not just dependent on a couple listings that for whatever reason could get flagged or bad reviews or taken down, uh, which definitely increases the risk for them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to look for. A lot of people say, oh, I wanna sell this product and, and then this product and they're all over the place. And like, like we keep saying it, you, it's a brand. You gotta think of it as a brand and have people that are gonna buy multiple products from you. Yeah. So Lucas, for those who want to learn more about you, check out the YouTube videos and everything, like where should they go? Yeah. So my, we definitely want to start is watching all my stuff on YouTube. Again, it's very open. So if you just type in my name, Lucas Kwiatkowski on YouTube or advanced Amazon PPC, that's what I do on YouTube is I'm very open with you guys. And then my, my agency's name is nomads with a Z. So if you just look at Nomads, you'll kind of find my site or you can find me on YouTube. We've got a Facebook group, so I, I'm not that hard to find. <laughs> Sounds great. And we'll have links to all these in the show notes too on the site. So Lucas, this was a really fun uh, conversation to dig into. We got to cover a lot of topics which we haven't talked about as much, like in terms of like tacos and selling the brand and everything. Yeah. So really appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. Awesome, Joe. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm glad we could finally connect. <laughs>